I'm Paul Levinson, and this is Light On, Light Through, episode 28, Galactica Dylan. Well, Battlestar Galactica ended this past Sunday. That is, season three ended. Season four will be back with us in 2008. And it was a really fascinating season. It was a very uneven season, I think. Uh, It was sort of a sandwich in which the bread was spectacular, out of this world. Uh, But the meat was, well, chopped liver. The opening sequence of episodes this past fall in Battlestar Galactica were among the best of anything I've ever seen on television. Picking up perfectly from the stunning events at the end of the second season, the first shows this past fall put Battlestar Galactica easily in the company of the best shows of Star Trek, in my opinion. And the last few minutes of the season finale were similarly superb. We'll be talking all summer about how those four people, four, on Galactica, could really be Cylons, and who the fifth, still unidentified Cylon, really is. And the Dylan song was prime. All on the watchtower. That would be great in any movie, in any show. You know, all on the watchtowers one of the most covered songs in the history of rock and roll. Bob Dylan wrote it, did the original version, still spectacular. Jimi Hendrix probably has the most famous cover of it. U2, all kinds of great groups have covered it. And B24 did this uh, wonderful rendition. It was arranged by Bear McCreary. And I guarantee you that people are going to be talking about this for the rest of this year until Battlestar Galactica Season 4 resumes in 2008. Viewers have already been speculating about how it is that a song written in 1968 could appear and play a role in Battlestar Galactica. Most people, I think, have been assuming that Battlestar Galactica takes place in the distant past. After all, the religion that the humans have is a polytheistic, paganistic religion. It's Greek mythology. So how could the people on Battlestar Galactica hear a song that was first performed in 1968? Well, possibly time travel brought it back to the past. Another explanation is that Battlestar Galactica is actually taking place in some future time. A lot of people have been calculating how far out in space Battlestar Galactica might be, that is how far from Earth, if the song left Earth in 1968. Uh, Of course, that doesn't make all that much sense because it's not Bob Dylan singing the song. And not only that, there's no reason to think that the song would have traveled at the speed of light on a radio wave traveling at the speed of light since we already know that in the Battlestar Galactica universe there's transportation that goes much faster than the speed of light. So these are very interesting questions. It's fun to think about what their answers will be next year when they're revealed to us. And that's an example of how good that ending of Battlestar Galactica is. There's a great correlation between talking about something and that something being great television. 
As for the rest, well, let's not dwell on it too much. Show after show in the middle of season three didn't really move the story forward. There were a few good personal interactions, but not the stuff of soaring television. But fortunately, that's all in the past now. The finale of Battlestar Galactica did just what it was supposed to do, and I'm eagerly awaiting the resumption of that series in 2008. You know, in the Battlestar Galactica universe, people can travel faster than the speed of light. Unfortunately, here on planet Earth in 2007, we don't yet have this capacity. So what do you do when you have some very valuable information that's on your home computer and you're out there traveling somewhere, maybe not in the galaxy, but maybe across town, across the country? Use Go to My PC and you'll discover the power and freedom of the web. Try it free right now for 30 days with unlimited access. For this special offer, just visit gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. That's gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. Joker to the Thief, and you heard four intros to All Along the Watchtower, Neil Young's version, the Dave Matthews Band, Bob Dylan, and the Jimi Hendrix uh, cover record, which is probably even better known than uh, Bob Dylan's original version in some places. And then, of course, you heard a little snippet of the Battlestar Galactica theme. Let's talk a little bit more about that last episode of Battlestar Galactica uh, and some of its meaning. There clearly is a wormhole from the vicinity of where Battlestar Galactica is now located to planet Earth. And so it certainly is possible that some recording of all along the Watchtower, subsequent to 1968 or from 1968, basically made its way through the wormhole into Battlestar Galactica, where the four Cylons began hearing it. Of course, that doesn't explain why that happened, and it doesn't explain the connection between all along the Watchtower and the Cylons, but it's certainly interesting to think about. In some ways, the savviest explanation I've 
heard about how all along the Watchtower got into Battlestar Galactica comes from a friend of mine on MySpace. I don't know what his real name is, but he goes by the name of Napoleon. And he said he listens to Battlestar Galactica. He watches Battlestar Galactica on his iPod where he also has Dylan's and several other versions of all along the Watchtower. So he thought when he was watching Battlestar Galactica on his iPod and heard that little snippet of all along the Watchtower and then it exploded into the complete loud version, he thought that maybe what was happening is an MP3 from one part of his iPod was leaking into the Battlestar Galactica play on his iPod. Well, Marshall McLuhan would have certainly uh, approved of that explanation. Uh, the medium is the message. But probably there is some other explanation behind this, and we'll find out about it next year. The Light on Light Through podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no ease dot com. Hey, thank you, Patsy Terrell. We are indeed proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. And let me also welcome Go to My PC as our sponsor. Flash. Let's start with some television flashes. Did you see the final episode of Rome this past Sunday night? You know, I started reviewing this series and I said this year that I thought it was a great compliment to Shakespeare, that HBO's Rome was comparable to Shakespeare. You know what? I think this series on HBO in many ways was better than Shakespeare. James Purefoy performed heroically, a, a brilliant performance of Antony uh, in the final hours. Just about everyone on the show, Kevin McKidd, Polly Walker, Ray Stevenson, there wasn't a weak performance in the show. And uh, the, the only thing unfortunate about this Sunday's episode is that it looks like it will be the last episode we'll ever see of Rome, because at present, HBO has no plans to do a third season. But who knows, in television land, anything is possible. And did you catch the episode of Lost this past Wednesday? Now, it didn't move the story all that much forward, but I think it was a real standalone gem of an episode. The whole story of Lost was retold through the eyes of two characters who were there from the very beginning, except we didn't see them. And I've also said in the past that Lost has a very Canterbury tailish, decameronistic flavor to it. That was never more apparent than in this past Wednesday's episode. Good job. And switching now to another medium, paper, did you see the story that came out of China this past week about how they're making paper, a new way of making paper, from the droppings of pandas? Right, you can't make this stuff up. Apparently, pandas eat a lot of bamboo, and if you take their droppings and process them in some kind of way, you can make paper. This reminded me of a story I heard years ago about the composer Max Rieger, who got a particularly nasty review. And he wrote to his reviewer that he was seated 
in the smallest room of the house and he had the critics review in front of him but now it's behind him. Hey, that's the way I feel about a lot of my critics uh, sometimes as well. Hey, you know what that is, a promo suite. And first and foremost, as always, is the MikeThinks.com podcast. Go over there and uh, listen to Mike's views on a variety of important issues, including bloggers versus journalists. Now, you know what my opinion is about that. I think that the medium does not matter. It doesn't matter whether you write for the New York Times or you write for some blog that no one other than your grandmother reads. In both cases, you are a bona fide journalist working under the protection or what should be the protection of the First Amendment. So go over to MikeThinks.com and see what Mike thinks. You'll also hear a promo from my man, Sean Farrell, who is continuing with his patio book of The Silk Code. Also, I'm interviewed on the current episode of Sean's podcast, Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing.blogspot.com. You'll find notes and URLs for all of these over on the LightOnLightThrough.com webpage. And you'll hear a promo for the Punk Horror Podcast among other great promos. So listen, I had a great time talking to you. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and I'll see you next time. the Mike Thinks Podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks Podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. From patiobooks.com. The day started just like any other day. Always does. Until I watched one of my closest friends die right in my arms. Nothing I could do. But his death was a beginning, not an end. And now I've been thrust into a timeless conflict of pyromaniac insects and instant mummification, a war within our very genetic makeup. And when the powers of the ancient world collide with modern technology, no one is safe. Not me, and certainly not you. I'm Dr. Phil D'Amato, NYPD Forensics, and the only way to save myself is to solve the mystery of the Silk Code. The Locus Award-winning novel by Paul Levinson comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world, witness the wonder of ages past, Join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. 
visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Join the battle, witness the wonder, or forever be victim to the awe and power of the Silk Code. Phil D'Amato is ready. Are you? Did you walk out of the Matrix and wonder if you're a battery in a jar? Did you walk out of Daredevil and wonder, what is it like to be a bat? Do you and your friends stay up at night debating good and evil in the Star Wars universe? Does the question of life, the universe, and everything intrigue you? Then open your mind and tune into The Sci-Fi Show, thescifishow.com. And that's Fi with a PH. Do you remember what he looked like? Hey, this is Jake. I do a show called Just Not Right, the podcast. You can find it at notrightpodcast.com. It's funny, fresh, entertaining. I mean, sometimes I'll just take the mic and say, Hey, oh my, you look nice. You are wonderful. Thank you for listening. You are the best. Check it out. There's a segment called Letters from a Utah Nut. It's hilarious. I know you'll love it. I'm writing this letter in regards to your giant D sign located in front of your store. I want to climb it. Please do not climb the sign. Would it be all right if everyone from our company just started singing? Although we enjoy our customers' enthusiasm for our product, it is strange and unusual for large parties to join in chorus in our lobby. Is it okay for me to be using Windex as a cologne? All S.C. Johnson products are extensively evaluated for toxicity and safety. <laughs> Hilarious! Do you remember what he looked like? NotRightPodcast.com See you there. Punk Horror Podcast, coming to you every other week from Punk Horror Press. Featuring The Punk and the Pastor, a movie review show featuring David Giannis and Stacey Campbell, and author Red Fiction, featuring the best in horror and punk fiction. Don't miss it. Subscribe now at www.punkhorror.com. What you just listened to is the opening piece of each and every Two Guys Talking 24, an online radio talk show, a podcast dedicated to the brilliance of the hit Fox show 24. Join Brian and Mike as they talk about the worst days of Jack Bauer's life, only at the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network, available at Two Guys Talking, that's the number two, guystalking.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.